Hello, welcome back. GPS to God, we are so glad that you are here with us. Daniel Sanders, Stefano Patterson, Ryan Gotro, and today we have with us Mr. Brad Jenkins. Brad, thanks for being here today. It's great to be here. Hmm. Thank you for the opportunity. Hey, absolutely. We're going to get into uh, how we know each other here in just a second. But first, gps2god.com, that's the website. You can reach out to us via email at mailroom at gps2god.com. Mail's email's been a little light lately, so uh, y'all y'all reach out. We're we're ready to hear from you again. Pick Drop back off. up now that Ron's back. Yeah. I was gonna say by now I mean, it's been a while. I mean, we had that. It's not new anymore. So welcome him back. He I mean he's <laughs> Ryan's been on paternity leave. He for has a long been on paternity leave. Uh, been on it forever. <laughs> hey, let me tell you, he took full advantage of that paternity leave. Yes, he went, sir. Every second. He dropped podcast. He dropped work. He dropped mm-hmm. everything except Taco Bell and the baby. You better believe it. It's all right here. Know. It's a guy right here. <laughs> it's officially called family. What is it called? FML family. Oh. FMLA. Yeah. 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 Great stuff. Great yeah, stuff. Good deal. He uh, <laughs> he he's a rabid Taco Bell fan and was texting mm. us at six o'clock in the morning one morning when Mexican you pizzas came out. Believe came it. back out. How hey, was that? Was for y'all. I was making sure y'all were prepared yeah. to Appreciate go get it. that. For Appreciate it. Good looking. Taco pizza. Uh, <laughs> Taco Bell Mexican pizzas at six o'clock in the morning. It's <laughs> true <laughs> friendship. Uh, yeah. Right Never too early. I guess. Do what I can. True Never something. True something. True. I don't know what it was, but uh, you know, I'm up with the baby, so might as Why well. Yeah. We might as well be up with you. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I mean, yep. he didn't have to work or anything. He got to go take a nap. He's like, ah, oh, yeah, it's good. It so. was. It was great. <laughs> But uh, welcome back. We're glad you're Thank back. You. How, Appreciate how's it. mama? How's the baby? Doing well. I'm sure they'll figure out something to be mad at me for, so I'll figure out that later, but it's all good. <laughs> I mean, might as well. Why? Why go there? I mean, it could have been all rainbows and oh, roses. It happens. She's an incredible it happens. mother. She could have just left, uh, just left it is. at it. It's been good. It's been good. Yep. Girl's doing been good. fine. It's been good. But yeah. he... Decided to step on into it. I guess. It's been six weeks. It's time for to go back to work. You know, it's it's ready. It's time to go. Love you to death. Oh. Love you to death. But well, none of that's going to get cut out. So <laughs> you got about two weeks of freedom here, buddy. Be sleeping so. right over there in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> Brad, you may have to take him back. With yeah, you. yeah, we got room. We got room. You got we'll an opening. It. Yeah, we'll take it. Yeah. Squad but, uh, needs another. Brad and I have known each other probably, gosh. 22 years-ish, somewhere um, in that neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, nice. We haven't seen each other for 20 years, so oh, wow. okay. <laughs> it's been a long-distance relationship, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, we'll see if he remembers this. So Brad uh, married my brother, one of my brothers. Brad performed the ceremony for yeah. one of my brothers. During the wedding, you know, Brad's facing, facing out to the crowd. My brother's right in front of him. I'm the best man. I'm right next to my brother. And there is a wasp that is wreaking <laughs> havoc around <laughs> everybody. <laughs> and, uh, you know, everybody's trying to hold it together. And, and Nobody's did, reacting to it or anything. Uh, you know, Brad does, you small know, he's reactions. Okay. very small. And he kind of, okay. you know, smiled at it a little and, and just, but he did, he, you know, held his composure. I think my brother kind of yeah. did a mm-hmm. twitch or something a That's little great. bit, took a half step back. Yeah. And, the wasp landed right on top of my head, and I was like, I'm not yeah. moving for nothing. Wow, you and took I, it. I stonewalled him. I was really? Like, yeah, yeah. I, I was. Did he sing you? 
He did not. I was prepared for the sting. Oh, okay. He did not. Lots of hairspray, wow. wouldn't it? I mean, no, lots no. Of gel I mean, that, yeah, that was back in the, the about 2000. No, that was after that. But you know, early lots 2000s. <laughs> he may have tried. We don't know. Very much the gel stage. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's like wearing a helmet, you know. Yep. Yeah. No shame in there. Get that thing and fell down. Okay. <laughs> after the ceremony, okay, you know, I'm. They got the reception and whatever, and this guy comes up to me. He's like. Man, I was told, don't you move, don't you move. If you move, I'm going to get So I felt like it was a little minor victory for me. It's awesome, man. Yeah. You're a trooper. So that's, good, uh, that's some just, history. Just looking out for the family. Some yeah. history for me yeah. and Brad yeah. right there. Yeah. Couldn't, have been, couldn't have been swatting at that, that thing. Still be talked about probably. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That. yeah. yeah. Ruined <laughs> yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. But uh, good time. So, uh, good stuff. Brad, we're going to get into a lot of his Brad's life since then, but. Man, let's go back to the beginning. Let's uh, uh, how how did you get into ministry? I mean, you married. We just wow. hit on you married my brother. How did you yeah. get into ministry? Well, so grew up in a Christian home. Um, mom and dad, from my earliest memories, were involved in student ministry at some level, um, whether that was young life or campus life or or just church ministry um, involved with students. So, grew up in that environment with with believing parents who. Um, I constantly saw digging into the word, constantly saw them investing into other people, constantly saw um, my mom, you know, prayer group, prayer, prayer partners, all of it, knew that we were being prayed for a lot. Um, we're three boys in the family. Mom needed a lot of prayer. We did too. <laughs> um, and, uh, we were, we were all boy. And um, so it was, you know, that was just how I grew up. I grew up in church, grew up around ministry. Um, Dad was not in full-time ministry at the time. They were, uh, he was working for the phone company. And, um, was that Ma a, Bell? Yeah. And then <laughs> so, he, South Central, and he started uh, climbing around manholes and stuff, connecting phone lines on that crew, and ended up um, retired as, uh, as executive vice president of, of AT&T. <laughs> Um, wow. at nice. 51 years old. Oh I'm 52 goodness. now, so I'm I'm just a piece of junk. <laughs> but um, no. he, he's climbed but the ladder. It's just a little yeah, shorter yeah, ladder yeah, than yeah, we have. Yeah, my ladder. Uh, yeah, it's too wrong. I get afraid of heights. Um, you know, uh, but uh, that's awesome. But you know, and then you know, Dad had two very successful careers. He, you know, at 51 retired, went to seminary, and then was on staff at. at First Baptist Jackson, Mississippi, and and Brentwood Baptist for mm-hmm. a lot of years, and just uh, retired at the end of 2018 from Brentwood. Um, then with Parkinson's, uh, a 20-year bout with Parkinson's, and uh, nice. you know, so that was the reason that he retired. He just couldn't perform the the job the way he wanted to, mm-hmm. right. and uh, so he, he told him it was time and went out, and yeah. uh, but didn't quit. Living didn't quit being a being a grandfather, being a father, <laughs> and uh, investing in us. So let's watch that all along. Now, how did I get into ministry? Was your question, and that was the example I had. Yeah. Um, but I got into ministry um, through just some some personal wrestling with the Lord. Um, you know, wanted to play ball, 
had the opportunity to play ball. Let, let's say he he says he wanted to play ball. Brad was a baller. Don't let him don't let him mislead you here. He, he was a baller. All right, he's got a ring in his pocket. Yeah. So, so yeah, um, had had an opportunity to play ball at a at a, at a high level and uh, and enjoyed that um, and had a lot of success in it. But ball was my god um, mm. early through school. Um, it took a knee injury. For God to break my spirit and break break my will, um, and uh, in that process, um, mom and dad continued. I think every week I got a note from mom, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, you know, and she said, "There's a purpose and a plan in all of this." And every week I got more and more bitter towards God mm. about not being able to play. I thought, you know, I tore tore ACL, PCL, five surgeries coming back, went through eighteen months of therapy. Didn't think I'd be there again. And what what year was this? That was uh, sophomore year of college. Um, Back in the nineties, um, though, like uh, medi- uh, late eighties, late eighties. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. medical. Yeah, that was. Med- I mean, mm-hmm. medical technology today is so much different yeah. than back then. Well, right? was, even yeah, I was I was immobile on crutches for for sixteen weeks. Oh my! Yeah, and now they so don't do it at all like yeah, that. They're moving you as soon as it yeah. happens. Yeah. So it was it was a very different process. Had great sure. doctors, you know, it was Elrod and Clark that did mm-hmm. the stuff. So, but uh, but it was a, a different ball game then. Yeah. Um, and through that bitterness and the breaking of all of that, God, um, and through my mom and dad's prayers and constant investment in me, I finally believed that God had purpose and plan in all of that, and a purpose and plan for my life that was bigger than what I ever understood before. Um, and I had given my life to the Lord in high school and, and, you know, but hadn't given over you know, the throne to him right. at that point. And in this, you know, knee situation, I did and um, was willing to say, here, take all my dreams and everything as part of that. And, mm-hmm. and you know, took, got, to, got to win, got the rings after that point, got, got you know, the opportunities um, beyond that. But God gave those things back when I surrendered the rest of me mm-hmm. and, um, and that doesn't always happen, but it did in my case. And, uh, I think he, he replaces those things sometimes. Um, but part of that was, was, um, you know, feeling him call me to ministry and I began ministry then like in at that Christmas break, I found mm-hmm. a place to serve and started serving and, um, started in youth ministry the next semester. Um, I had my first youth ministry job wow. um, before I graduated. It took 26 hours my second semester of my senior year to get done. Wow. Had another year of eligibility, said I just want to be done and, and go on. So, mm. You mentioned your dad and the influence your parents have had on you. Your dad recently passed away, just mm-hmm. um, not that long ago at all. How did you see him? I mean, you know how he poured into you. How did you see him pour into others that he was around? Yeah. Most of his ministry life, I wasn't living at home. Um, I saw him as a young kid doing that, but, but as an adult, um, and as, you know, college beyond, and I was, I was on staff other places and we never were in, in the same area for very long, but, um, have heard a lot, seen a lot of his influence in other people, running into people, you know, friends that he's, he's, you know, uh, that have been in his church and, everything but just really in his in his passing so many people have come out and 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 sent notes and shared stories and um 
you know, mom and dad just lived life. And they lived life the way God, you know, asked them to. And they, they got into his word. They, their lives were transformed by it, transformed by people that invested in them. Um, I'm going to spend this weekend with the guy and, and his wife who, who led mom and dad to the Lord. Um, oh, wow. You know, and I'm going to be That's there. Awesome. My, my, <laughs> That's great. One of my sons is playing against uh, Louisiana Monroe, and they're in Monroe, Louisiana. So we're going down to watch that game, and I'm going to spend the night with them, and <laughs> and that's neat. But his heart for discipleship was was forefront of everything he did. He wanted to invest in people and wanted to press Jesus into lives of people around him. Um, relationships matter in everything that we do, and they should matter above most everything else. Yeah. Um, our relationship with the Lord followed by relationship with other people, and then how does that relate to the world around us? You know, how can those two things impact people who don't know the Lord? Yeah. Um, and that's how dad lived his life. And that's how, you know, I've tried to live mine and, and we've tried to, to serve in ministry. But mom and dad were just living. Mm-hmm. Mm. And along the way, a lot of people got, got you know, fell into the, the contagion of, of their lifestyle and who they were and, and the Jesus that they loved. And, um, it's been cool to hear some of those stories and, and to see dad's influence at a level that I don't even think he and mom understand. So, you yeah. know, in a sense, as part of dad's funeral, mom got to hear some of hers as well of the, the investment that she's mm-hmm. had in people's lives and how she's walked. And so it was, it was really neat. Um, Which is really, I think, a great model of just be real. You know, you're not right, trying yeah. to sell somebody a bill of goods. Yeah, exactly. Or, yeah. I mean, just in ministry, not in ministry, when you're living your everyday life, if you're chasing God, people should see that, just how yeah. you interact with them and just being normal, being real. And we all struggle, but I struggle in a different mm-hmm. way because I know God is carrying my burdens, that kind of stuff. But that's a great testimony. And you talked about your dad struggling with Parkinson's, fighting that for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Crazy disease that has no cure and is... I mean, I'm not a doctor, obviously, but not understood very well either. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of struggle did did you all experience with that, and how did you deal with some of that? Yeah, I think it's just hard to see a, a man who's who's been so successful and has such a powerful mind and a heart for people be frustrated and not being able to do that where mm-hmm. he wanted to. Um, he, he also loved the local church and given that way and – not being able to be in the local church any longer and got to the point where he couldn't go to church. He couldn't be around, you know, not even during COVID he had cancer and was going through treatment for that as well. And and so he just couldn't be put very public and mm-hmm. couldn't be around very much. And that was, that was hard. Um, he and mom relationship based ministry their entire lives together. So now to be segregated, separated from mm-hmm. relationship was very difficult. So it was hard for us to see that, um, you know, made for some funny text conversations uh, because he became harder to understand and he couldn't type very well because of the tremors. So we got all kinds of crazy text messages from him. The kids would be, you know. So there's a, a gentleman that we know that's it's struggling with the exact same thing. He has Parkinson's, has had cancer, and the medications for one fight the med- medications for the other. But he can't sleep. He doesn't have a regular sleep mm-hmm. pattern either. So mm-hmm. it'll 3 a.m. You get a text message from him that's, you know, he's 
half awake, <laughs> half asleep, half tremors, and this, and it, it makes for very funny yeah, sure. text yeah. and you know something totally out of the wall of right of you know it's three a.m. and he's like, hey did you get that pie recipe? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'll look at it in the morning. Yeah. All right? Look back at it. Yeah. You respond five hours. I'll look. No, at it. no, I did. I did not respond at three a.m. But I don't respond to a six a.m. Taco Bell text. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not responding to a three a.m. Parkinson's text probably. You're getting ready to get offended, weren't you? No, just, just a little bit. Well, I was about to well, stand up and everything. Can see it in your eyes. Yeah. Your eyes. Yeah. But uh, you know, making light of a situation that that's not very. It is a hard struggle mm-hmm. for right. Parkinson's specifically in this case. But. Yeah, and, and moving into you know a different living situation, leaving the house and going into independent assisted you know kind of environment was hard. Hard for mom who was there for him. She really wasn't at the stage of life that need mm-hmm. to be in a place like that, and and it, you know limited her freedom as well, um, especially when COVID hit. So yeah. um, that was a hard struggle she had. I mean, you know, she's she's for him. She they they won, and uh, and it wasn't a matter of you know that, but it was just you know it's hard to see all that go on sure. as, as kids and and to to understand her and and her struggles and frustrations with it and also to understand dad's viewpoint dad got the point he used to get in his car when he shouldn't have been driving but he would get in the car and drive around the parking lot of the Mm. facility they were living in just to just to do it um because he was so frustrated with Mm -hmm. it that was one little thing he could do now every once in a while he tried to venture out to the home (laughs) Home depot parking lot or something like that and uh left turn left turn right reeling back in and then the car broke down so um <laughs> but uh no he's it, it was it was an interesting thing. but he's better now and that's Absolutely. the cool Amen. part of it is is you can't be too too down because of his struggle yeah. was so strong and so real yeah. for so for those last couple months for sure um happy for him and you know we'll miss him and and yeah. and, and the influence and just mm-hmm. like our society where we like to see the results but Someone like your dad will never, like you were saying, will never know the impact. I mean, now he does because he's looking down on us all. Yeah. But just it's it's just neat that all the seeds that he planted, and y'all are seeing those seeds, and everyone that's coming up to y'all and giving a kind word. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, it's neat. And you know, mom mom's gotten cards from people she doesn't even know, and and they're people that watch them. And saw that, you know, mm-hmm. they were in the church, but they didn't really know him personally. We watched mm-hmm. them, saw him. It's a big church, big place. and Or people who had some sort of connection from afar, and they're just sending a note saying, hey, praying for you. And this mm-hmm. is what he, what Jim was to us. And, and it's like, that's so <laughs> wild. But you, those pictures. To me, yeah. that, I mean, that brings up a, a great point of somebody's always watching. For right. Sure. Whether that's you know, from uh, inside the same church or the same office you work in or what, or somebody who you, you happen to take a lunch break at the same place every day. Like, people are always – your kids, if you have mm-hmm. young kids, I mm-hmm. mean, they're always watching. And, mm-hmm. man, one little slip-up can ruin a, a <laughs> picture of Christ for somebody. Mm-hmm. It you can. Know? Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And, but also, too – you know, I think it's important to look at how we handle a slip-up, right? A slip-up yes. can ruin it, but your response to that slip-up can also build something significant, right, yeah. too. Yeah. You know, Dad, that wasn't a perfect man. Mom and Dad aren't, aren't per- weren't perfect parents. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
they were parents chasing Jesus, and they were men and women, a woman chasing Jesus, and and that's that's the most critical thing, and that's that leadership, that's that example that they were setting all the time, and I think that's that's an important piece. Is you're right. I mean, it's there's always someone watching. I tell my kids all the time, you're leading somewhere every time you step out of the, out of your house. You're leading somebody somewhere, mm. and, and it's a great and, quote. Yeah. yeah, and so you'd be thinking about what you're leading them to. And right. who you're leading them to. Just pause. I'm going to write that one down. So. <laughs> Do that. Yeah. Feel free, like to, feel free a, to talk there. We, right? we, like we, a, we saw you like put that pen up. We do need a t-shirt out. list. We do need a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> we, get the, we got at least, what, we 20 so now? Many good, <laughs> <laughs> so many good lines that are dropped on us. Make sure we get one of our sponsors to do that for us. <laughs> yeah. Get that chain rolling. Merch. Check, check out sure. the website and get some of these t-shirts we <laughs> yeah. don't have listed yet. Keep on checking every day. Yeah. If if you email mailroom at gps and say you want some t shirts, we'll make it happen. So, but uh, that I like that you're leading someone somewhere. That's great, um, man. Kids, you you kind of broach it. Let's talk about your kids because yeah. they are doing some leading in some pretty cool places. Yeah, you have three kids, two boys and a girl, all three in college, all three Ooh. college athletes. Yes, nice, very special. Uh, for us sports junkies, very special thing, but really just a man, a cool experience for them. It is, uh, mm-hmm. you know. So, what is that like being a dad, <laughs> a, a athlete, a sports fan, having yeah. three college athletes? Three college athletes. It's pretty, it's pretty cool, but I can tell you right <laughs> now, very busy. It, it means I'm old. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it means it means I'm tired. It means I'm broke. Those are the three things, and and desperate for some God in my life. Right? Um, just, that, that's the kid's nickname. One of them is old, the other one's tired, the other one's broke. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's fun. It's a it's a good problem to have. Trying to figure out how we're gonna manage the weekends and which one's going where. And uh, we like to go together as much as we can. But but there's some some need to separate. We're separating this weekend. Um, but it's for, for sports, not for good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Clear to that go up. to ball games. Go to ball games. Yeah. We're in this together. Didn't know uh, we needed to pray for y'all or not. Yeah, <laughs> well, you, you need to pray for pray us. Regardless, yes. pray for regardless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for Brooke. Uh, yeah, but um, no, Brooke and I. It's it's a it's a really cool thing to have to have the situation we're in. Um, God has has given them a passion for for sports, given them a passion for for developing, and um, and also just protected and mm. and gone gone before them in a lot of things as well. Um, and you know, they've they have wanted it and and worked to get to their goals. Um, they have had things go on in life that could have derailed those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, uh, they've all had their struggles of, of things to work through um, and and stay committed to. Uh, and and God's, God's given them their, their desires. Um, and so it's fun. It's fun to see them succeed. They're all, you know, having success at the next level. And, and that's a, a fun thing to be a part of. And they have injuries and they have to, to wrestle with with God's purpose and, and what that was, just like I did. And you know, and uh, they they have been you know both both of our boys have transferred, gone to one place and and uh, and had had success there, but felt like God was taking them somewhere else. And 
that was a bigger step in faith for for one of them than the other. The other was just like, hey, I got to get out of this environment. It's not good for my spiritual life. It's not good for my personal. It's it's a lot of bad. Mm-hmm. And he needed to preserve himself and and get back to who he knew he needed to be. Big move, bold move for him. And um, and it was a great thing. And God's using that and honoring that. Um, do we want to say the schools they go to? Or yeah, no? we don't. We, we don't. We don't have to. Yeah, but, no. Jay, but I will say, since he's about to do it, mm. there's only a handful of college football teams today. This is what's today, October fifth. Uh, Today's October fifth. There's only a handful of college football teams remaining that are undefeated. One of his boys plays on one of those teams. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. So. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, Jaden, the oldest, is uh, 22. He's at Erskine College, uh, okay. D2 school in due west, South Carolina. Um, you don't want to get hit by him. I've seen some videos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, uh, and uh, he's he is a he's smaller of the two, but but he'll he's got some physical. Uh, I think lay the wood is the uh, <laughs> yeah. that's the scientific term. He, he likes, scientific likes term. contact. He, he likes uh, contact. Both uh, both of them like away. contact, but uh, the, then uh, little brother bigger um, is tight end at Coastal Carolina, okay. and that's the undefeated program. Nice. And, uh, nice. and nice. having a lot of success, and both are, are doing really well. And then Abby Lynn is at Auburn Montgomery. Um, okay. And uh, Montgomery, Alabama, running there. She runs cross country and track there. So um, nice. she's she's loving it. And you know, it's been a year of transition for us. Um, a lot with with Jake's transfer to Coastal from Jacksonville State, where he was initially. Um, Jaden had transferred the year before. Um, Abby leaving the house, going away to school, and Brooke and I both. Uh, we just talked about losing my dad, but Brooke lost her father in February. So oh, we wow. have lost oh, wow. both of the grandfathers wow. and had all that going on. It's been a crazy year. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, but, but God's good and, and there's, there's good in all of that um, as well. So I, right. I need a little mentorship here. I'm entering a stage that you're very familiar, a stage of life that you're very familiar <laughs> with. My daughter's a senior in high school, she's about to leave the nest. <laughs> What is that like? What do I need to expect? How do, you know, you talked about God protecting them when they move on. How do you deal with that? How did you deal with that? Uh, Give some great advice here. I'm going to have to listen to this a couple times. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, I mean, I wasn't great at it, right? I I had, I spent 18 years in student ministry, right? And uh, coaching and and doing student ministry. and, And that was an area that I was absolutely clueless in. Um, is sending the kid to college. I I didn't understand what parents were dealing with when they went through it. I I did those seminars for parents. You know, how do you send your kid off? Did all that, <laughs> <laughs> and they must they must have listened to that and then left. And been like, this is what you're later, supposed to do, yeah. but I'm not going to do that, yeah. or I don't know. Yeah, two months later, they must have been that dude's an absolute moron. Which <laughs> they, they would have been right. Um, you know, I am, but but. Uh, so, so really, man, the, the biggest struggle was trusting God with our kids. And we do that at every phase, right? And I thought I knew how to do that. But when, we're, when our hand is daily in contact and we're in the midst all the time, it's one thing. But when, you know, we go away to college and you may get a call, you may not, you may, it may be a week or two weeks or some, you know, I think one of ours probably three weeks he'd, he'd prefer. <laughs> um, but, 
But, you know, those calls aren't coming in as much as you want them to. You don't have that constant daily connection. You're wondering where they are, you know, and, and iPhones don't, and, and, you know, all the social media stuff doesn't help you in those regards, right? Because you're, you're looking, where are they? What are they? What is he doing over there? You know, all yep. that that our parents didn't have to deal with. Absolutely. It's, it's a lose situation. Yeah. Um, because it, it, you begin to want to, to take the place of the Lord. And build mm. their protection around around what you're going to do for them. You wow. want to bubble wrap them. You want to go. And as a parent, the worst place you can be is trying to substitute the place of God in your kid's life. Yeah. Um, and so you have to get to the point to trust him with their good decisions, their bad decisions. Trust him with who they're becoming. And that isn't always the sight you want to see. You know, there may be moments where that doesn't look like what you hoped it would look like. Um, and there may be moments when when they absolutely blow your mind and being mature, <laughs> you know, beyond <laughs> what you expected or what you are right. sometimes, yeah. right? You know how to do um, that? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Keep on. Uh, yeah, and, and, uh, I don't know if I told this story on here before or not, but Carter, my son, when he was four or five years old playing t-ball, first time he'd ever been on a a team and he had a great coach the the a, a lady coach she was wonderful perfect co- coach for that age after the game she brought popsicles one day after the game and so practicing or the game ends all right everybody come get a popsicle so carter is kind of at the back of the line he walks up and i'm just you know i'm 10 feet away from him whatever waiting on him to get his popsicle he walks up to the coach takes it he says thank you can I please have one for my sister? And I remember thinking in that moment, I don't know that I would have asked for anybody else <laughs> other than myself to have a popsicle. And this, my four-year-old son is out here showing me how it's done, you know, kind of thinking about somebody else. They wouldn't have gotten them, but I'd <laughs> ask for a lot of other people to have them probably. Yeah. A proud pops moment. Yeah, yeah I was awesome. proud, but like he's, sometimes yeah. they're going to do stuff that – Oh yeah. Is better Baffles than you, than or yeah. you know, like I wouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and then feel like a failure. But yeah. it, it's good though. I mean, you know, you're pouring in. Yeah, you hope you're pouring right. in good stuff. Well, the other the other side of that is you know Deuteronomy. I mean, we we talked about God as we came and as we went, as we as we you know we had mm-hmm. the Lord as as a part of their lives continually growing up, yeah. and we were surrendered to God, and that took us to. Places we never thought we would go to do things we never thought we would do, um, and and God was always present in their lives through through you know grandparents' example, my exa- our example. Um, you know, one of the coolest things that I was challenged in early in our kids' lives is to pray blessing over our kids, to pray with them, um, not not just to pray for them, but to pray with them, um, pray scripture over them. Um, and I committed to that, and we we'd read the verse and pray that verse for them, and you know there's there's a, a list of forty two verses in the front of my Bible, and and those are the verses that we would pray, and um, my daughter still does it, you know, she still still wants it to happen, and she's away at college, and it's cool. Um, the boys they know it happens, and they don't always call for it or, or lean in for it all the time anymore, but but they know it's happening. And I haven't stopped doing that. Um, but that is what they grew up in. And, and, you know, we had to trust 
that that we had invested you know and there's times you go man what in the world what were we doing right no one no one feels like they've done everything they needed to do or done a great job at right. any point sure um and brooke says all the time god we were so bad and there were point, <laughs> there were points in life where we were really bad uh you know and 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 you know well, my oldest has some 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 you know there's some some places in his world in his life where i mean you're always you're the oldest is like a guinea pig right and mm. we did some things wrong in that but <laughs> And there's some things that, you know, we didn't know. Like, we found out three weeks before he graduated high school, he had ADHD. Well, I mean, he's a warrior to look back at that, yeah. you know, and know that, man, you just went through all this and you struggled through grades and and fought to get the grades and stay eligible and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, here we are hounding you for your grades and on you and disciplining you, grounding you for, you know, for whatever. And you, yeah. Man, you, you should have been, we should have been dancing. You know, instead of instead of hounding you, and there's you know some of those kinds of things. I mean, it was just ignorance. We didn't know, right? And 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 no one had told us to go having tested. Crazy thing. Yeah. The teacher was mm -hmm. like, "Hey, before he goes to school, y'all may want to have him." And we're like, "Now we get this." <laughs> so you know, <laughs> thankful for her because now it's mattered in college. But mm -hmm. um, but you know, he he dealt with that, and and our response to it when yeah. he was really doing what you know. A lot, <laughs> yeah. so so it's like you know, wow. well, our, our bad. <laughs> and, uh, but, but you know, I mean, I, I, and and as a dad can do, like losing my cool at different times with that, and yeah. and you know, those are moments that that you don't get back. You know, yeah. you can you can talk things out and you can mint, but but there's moments you don't get back, and you can't dwell in those moments. Like he can't, you know, he shouldn't hold them against me forever. At the same time, it is what happened. It affects and, them yeah. Yeah. in some way. Yeah, yeah. Right. and uh, totally. and but it's all part of a journey, mm -hmm. and and God's using those things now and yep. and transforming His life and and building Him. And like you said, that's the uh, you know somebody's watching. How do you respond to a mistake? Because we're going to make mm -hmm. mistakes. Mm -hmm. I mean, nobody is perfect. Right. Mm -hmm. How do you respond to those? And yeah, you know, I think too. Probably the most significant thing that that happened in our life parenting them was was the dr um i mean that's a, that's Which, a yeah let, let's so, get into that so that's the yes. that's the main reason we're here it just took yes. us a half hour to get warmed <laughs> up yeah. here but uh brad is a part of a well i guess you started it but uh, a ministry called until they know and uh, we're going to get into get into the details of that but it is a ministry that serves in the dominican republic so let's until they know what, mm -hmm. what is it? How did God put that on your heart? How did it start? All that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, um, and how can we come hang out on a tropical island with? with yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> Sign up. Let's go. We get you a ticket and we're gone. Um, yeah. It, so people ask us how we ended up in the DR, and we usually say kicking and screaming because it wasn't on our radar. And so for the was, uninitiated, DR is Dominican Dominican Republic. Republic. Yeah. So. Yep. Um, but, uh, I'd been in student ministry, took a trip to London with an organization, the guy who started or was the director of that organization was in our church. He said, Hey, I want to do some street evangelism. You got some students that are ready for something like that in London. Cool. Let's go. While we were there, he was interviewing, um, a family, a, cu a couple to go and run, uh, or be a part of an orphanage staff in the Dominican Republic. Mm -hmm. And 
Dominican Republic, Spanish-speaking nation. And so while we're there, he's interviewing. That that interview didn't go great, um, so that didn't happen. But during one of my interactions with someone on the streets uh, in, in London, he heard me speaking Spanish. Well, he was like, hmm. Okay, you speak Spanish? I'm like, yeah. And he said, I need somebody that speaks Spanish in the Dominican Republic, in Puerto Plata. So just a seed. And and I told Brooke, she was like, not a chance. No way. <laughs> um, you know, we were comfortable in our little youth ministry world, doing well, enjoying things. Um, you know, young kids at that time, uh, you know, seven, seven, five, three. Um, uh-huh. And, uh, you know, just... We were good. And then over the next 10 months, randomly saw this guy. And every time he said something. And every time I came back to Brooke and she's like, <laughs> You're funny. So, yeah, yeah. Is she, yeah. Is she from funny. the South, Southern United States? She is. She's from, she's from Alabama. Okay. Uh, and so. So always lived in the South somewhere, yeah, right? Yeah. And, and her only mission trip to ever go on before that point was to um, Elizabethan, Tennessee, right? Okay. Um, so, like, that was... <laughs> Which is in the South, but it could be uh, its own little uh, place. Yeah, yeah, it, it may be another country, but yeah. no, it's... Uh, but that was it, and it was it was a few days, and she was over there, and we, were, we took students over there. Um, so, you know, I had always, you know, I had done missions as in youth ministry, had a heart for missions, enjoyed them, but... But didn't you know? I thought I had walked away from ever being a missionary um, in life. I'd gone on, and um, so the this came up, and and you know, Brooke was was reading Abraham and Sarah's story mm-hmm. uh, with my mom one day, um, talking about that, and and Sarah's laughter struck a chord with Brooke, and she was like, <laughs> "Wait a second, hang on." <laughs> you know, so this, you're gonna get this promise, and you're gonna, you're gonna get this, and you're gonna tell and call, and and uh, and and she la- and I'm laughing, and so <laughs> a week later, I come home. We've had missions missions conference going on at the church. I'm doing student ministry. We did a youth thing with missions and stuff, and um, in the service that morning. Brooke wasn't doing nursery, so she wasn't there. But um, Dale, who had who had been on that trip, he's the one who led that trip to London. Mentioned that, mentioned me, said something in passing about you know we'll see if like, we can get him into missions. You know, he, I think he may be in. You know, everybody, ha 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 ha, yeah. And I was like, uh. and uh, <laughs> so I got like this feeling in my stomach, and so I tried to blow that off all day. And then I get home that night, and it's ten thirty at night. Brooke, you know, she's a godly woman, but she doesn't do this typically. She had four versions of the Bible out on the floor in our bedroom, and she's down on their knees, and she's crying. And, you know, I'm either like, what did I do? That's usually my first, you know, she's crying. It's usually my fault. So I'm thinking, what did I do? And then I'm like, what's this all about? The four Bibles, and, you know, it's different translations, and she's like, I've got to get peace about something. She said, I can't find peace. And and we had talked about that for a few weeks. And um, she did a couple things that she thought were not, you know, we're going to bring that that peace. And mm-hmm. neither one of those mm-hmm. did. So 
we're we're not the brightest and um well she is i'll, I'll bring her down but at 4 30 <laughs> in the morning we kind of looked at each other and we go is this about the dr <laughs> and at that moment it was like oh my gosh this is about the dr and so at 6 30 i call dale because uh, i knew he got up around you know early and I call him at 6.30, and he's like, I'm at the airport getting ready to fly to Puerto Plata. And I'm like, uh. <laughs> I'm like, well, funny. Funny you bring that up. And I said, well, Brooke and I have spent all night talking, and, and I think we may need to go down there and take a look. And so a few weeks later, we were down on the ground, took a look. And actually, your brother went up with us on that trip. Okay. Yeah. That's uh, the one he married. That's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. And, uh, <laughs> and it was um, – you know, it, there weren't there weren't angels singing. It wasn't like you know you think that's what's going to happen. Like this, <laughs> and uh, it didn't. And we came back going yeah, maybe. Yeah. You know? And then we took students down in July, um, yeah. and and during that trip we took our kids as well. And all along we've been praying and thinking, and this is maybe and probably and all that. And it was interesting to see God call our kids to it as well as calling us. But when we saw them on the ground, they just jumped in and they were gone and they were running around that, that orphanage, um, and all in. Uh, so we went down to run that orphanage and to build a discipleship ministry out of that orphanage in the community and working with other pastors around the area. How old were you at this time? Oh my gosh. Do you remember? Um, late thirties and, uh, and yeah, late thirties. So it was, it was good. Um, but we, uh, that w- was significant for our kids to be in that, that environment, to live uh, there. Now, that story went really crazy. That's for another, another day, another podcast, whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's because it went crazy in a hurry. Um, and we ended up, Brooke and the kids had to come back to the States. Um, but we went to run the orphanage. Ended up not running the orphanage, learning a lot of lessons really quickly about culture and mm. about developing world nations and about the the, the ugly of, of those kinds of things mm. and, and had to regroup. Um, so we came back to regroup and God used that moment in our life. And, and it was it was a tax made at us, a tax, you know, at me. Um, and when we showed up after all of that, the people were amazed that we were back and amazed that we were there. And God used that to build a foundation of relationship wow. that he has, he's launched from that point. Um, and it's, it's humbling. It still can be emotional. Um, we thought we knew desperation of God. We thought we knew that, that um, you know, we thought we, we felt like, you know, we need God. We're desperate for him. We, and, had no clue and just i mean just to to let you in i mean it was i was i was charged with some things uh, trafficking wow um, and wow. and us being there ended some efforts or thwarted some efforts of guys that were doing that they put it all on me wow. long story short um we get we three month trial three month process got through it God was glorified. God was was um, our everything wow. in those moments. Um, wow. You know, to be arrested in the Dominican Republic is not a good thing. 
it's not a great feeling. And you got, I, I you would know. say anywhere, but yeah, yeah. yeah. it is worse in some places yeah. than others. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, sure. I mean yeah, yeah. maybe because it feels not so good. <laughs> but no, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's probably, it's probably should, a good you, point. You should see near Kentucky where Ryan lives. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, Good point. It's Ooh. not good to be arrested yeah. anywhere. But, um, you know, to, to stand in front of a judge in a place like that was, was really uh. scary. And having no answers. And how you said you spoke Spanish. How well did like you were you well versed in Spanish? Or? I, I was I was five years of Spanish in school, good, but not not conversation. Really good. Like to mm-hmm. to be Dominic, in that kind of serious yeah. situation right. and still have a language barrier. Very dependent. Very yeah. dependent yeah. on translators. Very dependent on someone else talking uh, for me and with me. But I mean, I understood the the hardest thing of the Spanish is it's a lot of slang. It's, it's different than what we learned in schools. And it's and different in Dominican Republic than Cuba, than Mexico, yes, than right, Puerto Rico. Yeah. And um, and the hardest part was learning to listen in Spanish mm. because it's it's different. And the rhythm's different. And so catching the words and, and then the slang on top of that, like, como esta, right? How right. are you? Yeah. And the DR is como está. It's like, wow. Like you just you talk in Southern English, right? I mean, it's yeah. pretty much what we do. It's redneck, redneck Spanish is what it is. Yes, yeah. merging so, all together. <laughs> wow. So that was um, that was was hard, but so that that was the biggest piece of that. And, and you know, the kids they became fluent pretty quickly. Most of the more you talk, the easier it is to become fluent. The younger you are, it's easier too. Right. So. They all did pretty well. Um, Brooke and I, you know, I, I had enough Spanish background. Brooke had none. So we, not, only, not only was I dragging her to a place, you know, uh, she, she did I promise there's beaches somewhere around here. There's beaches, <laughs> sand. Kind of I, said, I said, you took French. Who takes French? You know, I took French. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah, but he, he was chasing the women though. He heard it was no, love language. No, no, He's no, like, I'm down speak. for that. Outside of bonjour, I'm, I'm done. Yeah, yeah but yeah. there, she was able to use some French because there's a lot of we work with a lot of Haitians in the DR as well, and the Creole is really close to French. So um, she was able to communicate some in French. So God used it, but uh, he's God's the only one that can make it useful, I guess. Uh, but that's that impacted our kids lives all of them have feel led to do something career-wise that was impacted by their time in the dr mm-hmm. um maybe it's not always missions but it it had there's there's something that that god used them to do there and and gave them opportunity to grow a heart for that that they feel in their in their life to come and and beyond school is going to be you know whether it's you know uh justice stuff serving serving underserved and, and being in part of that or uh you know or, or working one of the things we worked with we got out of orphan care went into community development and kind of attacking the things that lead to slavery and lead to to trafficking and stuff mm-hmm. um but uh one of the things we did continue to work with was special needs orphanage one of our kids wants to work with down syndrome adults and doing that and then you know abby's wanting to be a a nurse and, and do medical missions and things like that with it. So it's in their heart, it's in their minds and, and blood cool. now. And, and uh, that's probably the greatest thing we did in parenting was just go and, and give them a chance to be in another world and, and be used by God themselves Yeah, to be called to something at such a young age. Um, so you left the, the orphanage life and left the, the what's that, Judge Judy 
people's court life <laughs> uh, until they know how did that develop out of the the other experience yeah, so we came back and regrouped and part of that regrouping was was redefining what we were going to do because we we knew god wasn't done in the dr we didn't sense that and um you know we firmly believe that if he's leading you somewhere else he's closing the door before, of where you are to lead you somewhere else and um he never closed that door and we we thought okay if we're going to be fools if we're going to leave and not go back. So we immediately just started planning how, what do we, what's going back look like. We put ourselves in places to learn um, and to to take the lessons that we saw and the things that we saw um, and apply them in a way that would be productive. And so take this ugly and turn it into something that, that we can respond in, in a gospel way with. And so... One of the places was when Helping Hurts, um, the Chalmers Institute, Covenant College, and uh, mm-hmm. and digging into when Helping Hurts and um, Bob Lupton, uh, you know, in, in Atlanta area, he's doing a lot of great things in community development, rebuilding dead places and uh, seeing dry bones come to life, and mm-hmm. and um, and that was really those two two places were significant for us, and and um, and then uh, Steve Saint. Um, has an organization in Orlando, um, iTech, working with with indigenous tribes and and uh, I don't know if y'all know Steve, but Nate Saint, into the spear, uh, into the spear, the the um, Nate Saint was with uh, with Jim Elliott. They were martyred in in Ecuador. Oh, that whole story. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Steve grew up in that village and went away, and then went back and realized that one of the biggest things was they didn't give away ownership to the local people. So the local people were waiting for the next set of missionaries to come and tell them what to do, and oh, wow. so those lessons learned, like that 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 um, one of the biggest takeaways was it's got to be theirs. We got to know that we're the outsiders. We're coming in. We're encouraging them. We're their cheerleaders. So that's you know I tell people I'm a professional cheerleader, and that's what we are. I mean, we're cheering on the gospel, cheering on those local f- churches and and communities, and and uh, fanning their flames of faith and whatever way God leads us to. How can somebody, uh, individuals or a group of people, help or get involved with until they know? Um, that we do trips. Uh, that's that's the most forefront way. But there's also uh, we have, you know, in 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 what we're doing, which is uh, you know countering the slavery, countering the the, the trafficking situations. Um, we have businesses that we start so helping with seed money for a business is a significant thing you know as people people come out of slavery and become business owners and it's a it's a process of walking with them through mm-hmm. biblical training of what that all that looks like what it means to <laughs> to uh to to honor the lord with your money to honor the lord with resources and all of that um but also, you know, some practical steps to run in a business. I mean, when you've you've never had more than fifteen dollars in your hand at one time, yeah. to all of a sudden have have the ability to to make some financial decisions. I mean, there's a lot of coaching that needs to go around all that, and um, and we don't start it until they get all that. Right. But we also don't let them go in it by themselves. They have to have a group of people um, to go That's into good. that business with. So the money's never theirs personally. It's that businesses and there's accountability and all that, but that's one way. Um, one of those businesses that we started was is a water filter factory. 
Um, we're making water filters. Water is a big need in the DR. There's no pure water in the whole place except for bottled water. Mm-hmm. So these filters will will purify um, sewage to to drinkable. Um, wow. Will, yeah. Nice. Pretty significant. Um, and and the rivers and lake and uh, rivers and creeks around Puerto Plata are a lot of sewage in them and um, and a lot of you know everything else. So it's that's where their water source for most places and mm. that we work in. Um, business enterprise is something desperately needed. Opportunities needed. Um, so those are those are ways to to be involved. Purchasing a water filter that then can go into a home, providing eight years mm-hmm. of clean water, eight gallons a day um, for eight years is is what we say. We believe those filters will go longer than eight years. Um, they may be lifetime filters. Um, reburn them and do some things to to re bring them back to life after a period of time. We monitor all that real closely, so we're making mm-hmm. sure that they're functioning as they're supposed to. Um, there's also, you know, just come be involved in, in living life with people. Um, we, uh, we, everything's relationship-based, you know. So relationships, we, we're not this big project ministry. We don't do these big buildings and stuff like that. It's, it's yeah. not what, what God's called us to do. That does happen from time to time because we do what the community invites us into. Right, so if there's a fire or something in a community, and that's their biggest need, and that's what they ask us to be involved in, then we're going to, and we're going to walk alongside of them. We may bring a team in. Some of the resources from that team are going to go in. The people are going to work together, but really, we want them to own it all. We want them to take the lead. So they invite us. We do it. If they don't invite us, we're not creating it, um, because it's important for us to know our place in theirs. Well, it goes back to the ownership you were talking about sure. before. They. If they don't buy, if it's something we force on them, we're yeah, we're the outsiders, like you said. Yeah. So it's not gonna, they don't care yeah. about something outside. So, so yeah. you know, in COVID, COVID has really, you know, it's changed what we're doing. Um, it's changed how we do it. It's you know, things have slowed a lot. You know, a lot in the team side of things. We we did 15, 16 trips a year prior to COVID. This past year, we did four. <laughs> you know, oh, it, it's wow. a lot wow. slower, but. Um, What's happened is it's allowed us to, to really develop staff, our staff, um, give them where they, they had ownership of things. They still were constantly looking over their shoulder at me, mm. you know, waiting for my <laughs> approval, for my yes, for my, you know, redirection or whatever. And I'm locked here through COVID. They're there. Ministry's still moving forward. We got some cool opportunities and expanded some opportunities like y'all like this this grew out of covid right yeah uh, <laughs> and our um you know we have a, a a ministry through social media and stuff and and created some pages and did some things locally that all came out of covid and it was because we were looking for ways to connect we also got into new communities through food delivery and stuff um working with the the local red cross and and local officials our staff volunteered that's got cool. us into new places, allowed us <laughs> to get into the places we were already in with permission on places that were closed because we were bringing food so we could touch base and pray for people and say hey and maintain relationships. Um, but discipleship, pastor development, leadership uh, training for, for churches is a big part of what we're doing now. It's a, it's a bigger part than it was pre-COVID, and, and it's really uh, God was putting that on our heart. But he, COVID, COVID said, here it is, you know, and this is what you get to do now. Yeah. And, and it's been fun to watch that develop. And we'd love for churches and leadership to come down and 
Um, you know, everybody can be a part of that. You can sit. What's relationship ministry look like? Sitting down with a lady, some ladies from from this church or another church or a business or whatever, sitting down with some ladies in the DR as they wash clothes or as they cook and just having conversations with them. We call them Jesus Talks, right? Look for an opportunity, um, you know, and and just sit down and talk. Talk about your life. Talk about their life. And if, you know, Jesus will come up in that conversation. Right. As you talk about parenting, as you talk about, you know, work at home, whatever it is, introduce Jesus into that conversation. That's relational ministry. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. It's not a big project. You don't have to go on a mission trip to construct or, or to, to host an event. And let's just sit down with people and talk and hang out. Mm. And, and that's a ministry place. Yeah. And it's a cool thing about how missions has changed and some understanding of missions, too, is that, that man, you can do what you do here in America, anywhere in the world, and, mm-hmm. and you can get a job and you can do it and you can, you can let who you are who, what your design is, what your experience is, sounds like you know God maybe had some purpose in how He created us, huh? And He can use that, right? He can use that in ways that that build His kingdom. Yeah. And uh, you know, it, you don't have to. Uh, I didn't study missionology in, in seminary. I didn't didn't do it. wasn't missiology guy. It was it wasn't missions. It was just you know, let's go do it and let's go li- love on people. We say Chuck loves spew grace, give life. You know, be imitators of God. Well, you know, everywhere we go, if we throw love at it, it gets better. Yeah. yeah. If we come with grace, it's there. And that's sure. life-giving. So. You, you, I don't know if we have time to answer this or, or how deep you want to go into this, but you've talked about the sla- slavery aspect and, and helping people come out of that. I, I mean, I don't even know how to phrase the question, but... What are some of the things you see? How do you help people come out of that? How, how broken are they? What are some of the things they deal with coming out of that? Yeah, I mean, it's just a. There's a. I mean, obviously, there's there's. Because because we think, I'm sorry to cut you off, yeah. but in America we think slavery's over. Yeah. Right. We yeah. hear about it, and we hear about human trafficking and all this stuff yeah. on the news, but by and large, in middle class America. It doesn't affect us. We think it doesn't affect us, but it's a very real thing that goes on everywhere still. Yeah, yeah it does, and and it looks a lot of different ways, and it, it can look like you know what sharecropping you you know looked mm-hmm. like. Um, that's that's the most prevalent way that we see it is is kind of I'm working this farm, but I'm also I don't have freedom necessarily, and I don't have rights necessarily. I may have a place to stay, and I'm working on this farm, and that provides for me, but but I'm not my own wow. exactly. Um, and if I get off course, then I'm, I'm quickly, you know, put back in line. Um, there's uh, mistreatment, you know, the, the, of, of those guys um, where, you know, one of the, you, you're hired, you're doing a job, then they throw you out and don't have to give you anything in return, and, and they bring somebody else in to finish the work mm-hmm. you were doing. Um, not being, not having documents, Right, whether you're in the DR or, or any other country, not having documents means you don't have any right to petition government to defend you. Right, you don't There's exist. There's no justice for you. So, so those are issues. Um, 
even there's Dominicans that don't have birth certificates and documents. So they're undocumented Dominicans and with no rights. Mm-hmm. The Haitians that are there, undocumented, a lot of them, most of them, no rights. And um, so there's that. There's, there's, you know, prostitution is legal in the Dominican Republic. Um, underage prostitution is not, but not well policed. Pimping is supposed to be illegal, but not well policed. Not, it's hard to hard to police that. Um, so that's alive and well. And there's a huge industry around that. A huge wow. uh, industry, a, a huge aspect of tourism that is around that that reality. Um, so those are some some tough things to see on a sure. regular basis and and to uh, to experience. But. It, Regardless of what it is, it, it breaks down your self-esteem. It breaks down your identity. It breaks down your dreams. Like most most people in the DR, you ask them what they want to be, what are their dreams, it's hard for them to give that answer. And a lot of them, when they do, it's usually thinking right here in my little village or my community, and it's not broader than that. Um, when we start talking about, you know, what business would you do if you want, if you could start a business, what would it be? They immediately think right there in that mm-hmm. little pocket of the world. Yeah. And, I mean... Sometimes that's two hundred person village or you know seven hundred fifty person village in community, and it's like this is this is their world, and it's hard for them to get outside of that and think something big, um, and that is because of that mindset of of being being not being your own and and not having an identity that way, um, even in that documentation. You don't get to go to school. You know, it's not it, in the DR until recently there it was it was not even required to be in school. Now they try and and require it, but it doesn't always happen. And again, in countries like you know developing countries, the policing and enforcing of laws is, <laughs> is hit or miss. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I mean, if you're trying to enforce things in dozens or hundreds of small villages of 200 people, like you said, yeah. or 300 people or 700 people, well, that's a hard thing to enforce and to enforce similar standards and right. you know all that kind of stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, you know, poverty, slavery and all that's grown out of poverty, right? Poverty is brokenness. It's broken people, broken things, broken systems. And that's really where our, our focus in, in attacking, attacking the trafficking, attacking the, the, you know, the prostitution, the slavery is, is attacking the poverty. You know, if we can bring poverty. So until they know, Colossians 2, 2, and 3 is the root of that. And uh, he says that they would be encouraged in heart and united in love as they come to know um, the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom is hidden the treasures of wisdom and understanding and knowledge. That verse is where we get our name from. Until they know, until they know Christ, that mystery of God, namely Christ, and until they know who they are in Him, have understanding and wisdom about. Their design, their purpose, the 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 things God wants for not just their life but their family, their their community, and and you don't you don't know that until you know Christ. Mm-hmm. Christ is the answer to poverty. Because I'm not going to live for either one of y'all if I don't know Jesus. Because I don't understand who I am. I don't understand my design. I don't understand that I need relationships with other people. Not just to be you, not just to use them, but to be the make them better and to make myself better. Yeah, right. That's how God made us. 
So it's about community and it's about relationship. And if we're not doing that, then the issues of broken systems, broken people, broken places, broken nations isn't going to change. It's, it's, it's the answer is Jesus for everything that's going on in these places. And, 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 uh, we're, we are the wealthiest impoverished nation that there is <laughs> I mean, because this is a place of poverty. Yeah. Because it's a bunch of broken people running around America, broken systems and broken places. I believe that, you know, America, greatest nation in the world, if you ask, if you take a survey, that's what mm-hmm. many people are going to say from here and from beyond. But because we're, you know, we don't have some of the same difficulties as a developing nation that pulls us away from God too. I fully mm-hmm. believe that our easy lives with all the technology and advantages we have, well, now we're not dependent on, we're dependent on ourselves. Well, I got this under control. You yeah. know, I don't need help from it. And I think that pulls us away from God as well because it puts us in control. We feel like we're in control and got everything handled. Well, what's our nature? Yeah. Our nature is for self, right? Absolutely. Our nature is for yeah. me. And, yeah. and, and, and that's an easy place to go to. Yeah. Um, and it's the easiest place for for men to go to is is I'm going to take care of me and I'm going to I'm going to live for mm-hmm. myself and do it all this way and and God's design isn't that and that's that's the coolest opportunity we have in in our day to day and in our mission yeah. is to 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 share that message with people um, and that's that's what our hope is is that in the, the villages of Puerto Plata and around and wherever we go that that's that's the message Jesus is uh, is what you need. Yeah. Like is religion practiced? I mean, is it not like how is like spreading the word? Is that yeah. something that you? How is that received yeah, when y'all it, are down they're, there? They're comfortable with with scripture. They're comfortable okay. with Bible. Um, it was for years. It was um, until eighty five. It was a Catholic nation. Okay. Um, so they're familiar with God. Familiar with that practicing. Um, you know, but. As 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 other denominations came in, as as missions arrived beyond the Catholic Church efforts, mm-hmm. um, the gospel became very twisted, very uh, mm-hmm. very um, man driven, I guess. And there are a lot of crazy things that are taught. So mm-hmm. so, if someone says they are a Christian, we we have we go through the gospel regardless of their response in that because mm-hmm. we don't know what what gospel they've heard yeah, what, yeah. Gospel. what version yes. are you yeah. running yeah. Right. Yeah. so we've got a i mean simple gospel mm-hmm. you know and 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 we need to make sure that that's that's where they are uh there are mm-hmm. a lot of people who who believe certain things have to happen before you can pray to receive christ you have to have a vision you have to have a dream you have to have some kind of experience that mm-hmm. leads you there um and you know the pastors for the most part in in our area in particular are less trained. Um, they're more charismatic personalities, leaders. They've got other jobs. Okay. They're there, um, bivocational guys who who are doing the best they can to connect some, but they really are lost mm-hmm. um, in what they're doing. Not lost spiritually, but lost in what they're doing. Um, a lot of them have very little understanding of Scripture. Um, they were just picked because they were an influential person in that community and, and the pastor that was there wanted, you know, set them in place and they took off and they're doing what they do. Um, but it's, uh, it's tough. And, you know, I always have the pastor read the verse I'm going to be 
preaching out of when I'm preaching in the church. And a lot of times I have to find it before I give it to them. Mm. I'll find it pre-service and have it marked so that they don't have to struggle right. to find it because they don't find it. Right. And wow. you know, for a pastor to be in that place is a tough, <laughs> it's a tough deal. Um, and so, you know, I don't hold it against them. Of course. They're, yeah. they're there. Right. They're trying yeah. to lead. They're doing the best they can. But, but that's on us. Mm-hmm. We've got to prepare them. And we've got, to, we've got to make sure that they have the tools and the resources they need to grow. And that's, that's, that's this, this next season of, of Until They Know. Is it's, it's more about building up the local church, discipling communities, discipling their leaders. And, and I would, you know, our, our BHAG, our big, hairy, audacious, audacious goal is to, to see God send missionaries from these villages where median income in a, in a home is maybe $40 a month to other communities other cities in the mm. DR and beyond. Yeah, I'd love to see them go to, to the Middle East where a lot of Hispanic ministries are, are, are sending people to the Middle East because of like culture and look and, uh, and things like that there. Mm-hmm. You know, and to see God do something like that would be so cool. But and they have a lot of the same work systems yeah. um, that I've experienced where, you know, people come out and kind of the sharecropper of mm-hmm. you're, you're not a human, really. You're, you're a worker yeah, and if you happen to die on a job site or you're just not performing, get see you later. There's a hundred people lined yeah. up behind yeah. you to get there. So that 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 would be really cool. And so that's that's what God's put on our heart, and um, and you know I believe He's gonna He's gonna do it, and we're raising those people up. We have discipleship groups growing in number and and reproducing themselves in villages all over the place. And um, through COVID, we went to four new places. And we saw we saw uh, church plants pop up and <laughs> during COVID, cool. and God did some really cool stuff. Um, but it, that's the that's the wave that we're going is is discipleship development and leadership training. Well, if you would like to know a little bit more about until they know, you can check out their website. It is utk two two three. That's the numbers two two three dot org. Utk two two three dot org. You can check them out on social media at UTK223 as well until they know. So if you, your church, your business, you as an individual want to uh, help contribute and and uh, come alongside them and do some of the cool things they're doing, check them out, UTK223.org or at UTK223. Um, I don't know if this is a question, but it's an observation from us talking today uh you're never too old to go out listen to god and change your life change your path mm-hmm. and that's something i see talking today from your your father and from you his early 50s an abrupt change and became yeah. a, a minister and chased that life and in your late 30s a sudden change of direction and moving and yeah. i mean that's a great example of Go where God's calling you. Don't be stuck in. I'm in charge. I know what I'm doing. I know yeah. it. Like, yeah, yeah, and, and I mean, we're all we're all capable. And uh, you know, God missions. The biggest change in missions is it's not working in a compound and having a you know <laughs> do, having to be seminary trained and all that. Missions is right now. It's just being willing to go and be used by God and 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 saying the yes and and he can he can take who you are and what you do and put it in the mission field and have, you know and be about him 
Well, Brad, man, thanks so much for coming. We thank could sit and talk for another hour here. Great. And I, I know there's tons of stories that you yeah. could have shared that you haven't, and we've, we're just, but we'll bring you back again, man. Next time you're up That's this good. way, we'll good. stop on by. We'll do I would it. I love it. I like so. to talk about what God's doing, and I like to talk about myself a lot too. So, well, you, you fit know, you fit in perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you like Taco Join the Bell, Join the you know, yeah. <laughs> but you have to, man, come up and uh, uh, keep a Saturday cool. free. We just started old man basketball around here. So yeah. what are you saying? Uh, yeah, we're still, I'm saying you. You need a referee you, for yeah. the old man basketball. <laughs> no, that's oh, my man. position. Come, come, you out there, you'll put us to shame. Yeah, come you know, on, come on. Ball, ball with us. There's there's one baller at the table. It's Fano. But, but uh, man, we're having fun at least. So. Yeah, that's cool. That's trying cool. to. But, still uh, upright. Yeah. Still upright. We brought out the defibrillator the first week just for show. Nobody we had did. to get shot. Nobody had to I use almost it. did. I, I almost wasn't going to call you out, but right. No, no, yeah, I almost <laughs> did. It was a rough sight. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, we that, that was more for the funny to kind of. Visually yeah. shock him back yeah. from not passing out because uh, he wasn't getting mouth to mouth. No, no. no. Take it. Take it from him. No, we get those paddles ready. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'd see uh, Jesus a little faster that day. I would <laughs> volunteered on that one. Yeah. That's <laughs> but uh, Brad, man, thanks so much for coming and sharing thanks, about until they know. And uh, um, man, that's it, it's awesome. And uh, expect to get a call from from me again and be like, hey, how can I bring a group? So we'll come we'll, on, we'll, come we'll on, we got it. All right, well, Ryan's had a month off. We're not going to throw him into the frying pan quite yet. Fano, send us home with a Bible verse. Will do. This is from 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I preach to others, I myself will not be disqualified from the prize. So, just shows that, you know, a lot of people in the world, they're trying to get the earthly prize, but our prize is, goes beyond that. It's eternal. Yeah, like Brad Brad's talked about a lot today. Just that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to change the world one person at a time and look outside the your small surroundings of what's what's around you. There's a there's a bigger world, bigger picture, and you were created for more. So Brad, thanks again, man. Thanks no, for, thank you thank you so much. coming up with for what you're doing here. We had a lot of fun awesome. and uh you know, this podcast has been listened to in the Dominican Republic already. Yes, and we hope to, we hope to get a much larger following after this. So. Vamos, yeah. vamos, vamos. We need to yeah. do a road show. Hey, we, <laughs> we would go. do it for sure. We got That's a place. Right. <laughs> we got a place. There we go. So, <laughs> there, there's our invite. We just got to find a sponsor. There so we go. Yeah. There we go. Uh, you can reach out to us, mailroom at gpstheguide.com. <laughs> Let us know how you'd like to sponsor that trip. But uh, the website, we do take donations, gpstheguide.com. Yes. So, anyway, Brad, thanks so much, man. Oh, thank, thank you, Brad. Bunch Appreciate of fun you. catching Thanks up fun. and letting people know about until they know. So, we hope you all enjoyed it. We love you. God loves you more. And uh, we'll see you next week. Hold on. Sorry, I'm all over the place on this. I mean, you can start completely yeah. over if you want to. I am. <laughs> Sorry about that. All right. It's the first time he's had to read in a month. He's been on paternity leave. <laughs> <Yeah, yeah, yeah. laughs>
right. they put a lullaby to it. <laughs> so, 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. Do you not know? You're going to have to start over. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Man. I keep on. The lullaby got me, man. That was, that was a great that's, line. That's that, was, that was so good. Quick. Hey, man, he's, he, he's been through it, man. Quick, three, man. Three kids. No, he's put them know, he out of the house into college. He's, sure. We're not dealing with a rookie no, over here. No, not at all. Not at all. I mean, he's. All right. Let's try this again. He's got to be on his game just to survive. You understand. Know. Right. I understand. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. Most, I mean, <sighs> a seventy-eight minutes of that was good. There was a two-minute span in there. <laughs> yeah, right at the end. Uh, Me. Good grief! I kept on reading like this, skipping a line or something. Oh, we heard you. We know, we know exactly what you were doing. Yeah. Thanks for listening to GPS to God. Make sure you leave a rating or review on whichever app you happen to use. Also, find us on YouTube and be sure to subscribe to our channel.